1: Now for this week's Art Bell iTunes five star ratings and reviews. If you go to iTunes and leave a five star rating and review, you get a shout out on the following week's show. This week's shout outs is Sai J two thousand two, Han five two five, K Dog two thousand two, Fumble thirty five, Venom X seven thirty seven, Obi Sean, Angel Janelle one, Tiger Panzer two thousand, Bubba seven thirty six. Walter White, 1184, Jedi Jemkins, Chad Jacobs, T. Ashley, 99, Big Head Todd, Mr. CRV117 from the UK, JJ12345 from the UK, FIFA Shit Kicker from Australia, and Colorado O2 from Australia. Thank you very much for going to iTunes and leaving those five-star rating and reviews. It definitely helps our visibility on iTunes grow by the week. So thank you very much. Now moving on to the Patreon shout-outs. If you want to become a patron and help support the show on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals. That's patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and this week's shoutouts is Donna A Boyd A and Joshua G who upgraded from the squads to the groupies Thanks, guys, for going to Patreon and signing up to become patrons, and we are getting closer and closer to 200 patrons when we will do a 200 patrons raffle. So look forward to that. The more people that sign up, the closer we get to 200 patrons, and we will be doing that raffle. Now, tonight, we're bringing on Molly, and Molly has some Ouija board experiences and also some experiences in New Orleans. So I really look forward to this interview with Molly. Let's get to it right now. All right. Tonight, we have a great guest coming on. We have Molly. Molly, how you doing?
2: Hey, I'm great.
1: Great, great. So uh, you contacted me a few months ago, and uh, you have some different stories here that you'd like to talk about. First of all, I guess we're going to actually really focus a lot on a haunted house that you're currently living in uh, with your family. And it's funny that this haunted house kind of brought out some family stories uh, through this show, I should say, this show brought out some family stories through uh this haunted house because uh you hadn't talked to your family about it really until you started talking to them about the show and stuff, and then they started sharing with you some experiences that you had in that house. Is that right? Yep,
2: that's my actually my childhood home. I don't actually live there, but my parents still live there. So if anything ever happens, they tell me about it, or they keep telling me more about it, and any little thing that happens there. So
1: gotcha. Mm-hmm. I just find it interesting how, you know this show, you start talking, you start talking to your family about the show and this all came out and you just didn't know half the things that your family has experienced because nobody just really talked about it. Uh, So that's pretty cool. We'll dive into that tonight. But you also have a Ouija board story and also a New Orleans story, which is always fun to talk about in New Orleans because there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on down there. So uh, (laughs) why don't we just kind of start off with the house? And I know the Ouija board story kind of plays into the house experience. So uh, what was this house like? You know, just kind of start talking to us about your experiences there.
2: Okay. So, I uh, live in Arizona. So, I live in the suburbs, and it's just like it's a really normal looking, um, just little house. Like, you would never expect anything to happen there or anything haunted. But every time somebody pe- would come into our house, they would uh, tell us that they had a weird feeling, like the, the house just gave off a weird vibes. And we never really noticed it just because, you know, we we're in there all the time until little things started happening to us. Um, so I remember one day me and my mom and my sister, we were at the mall and then a psychic came up to us and was telling us that, you know, you're going to do a lot of bad things right now. And it's because of your house. Like, can I come to your house and bless it? So she actually came to our house and she looked around she told us that she had some bad vibes that she really needs to bless her house but then she asked us for money and we just we were just like okay this is probably bs so we kind of ignored (laughs) it until more stuff started happening and uh so just some little things that would happen like to me and my friends or for me and my sister uh for example one day we were leaving the house and we had this radio in the house that is connected to like house the speakers around the house and it all of a sudden it turned on and this is like a really old school speaker a I mean an old school radio so it's just it, it was just hard to believe that something like that would turn on by itself but it happened so i remember we ran into the house and turned it back off and then we ran out again and we kind of ignored it, it was just like maybe something electrical so you know don't think of it too much But then I remember another instance where me and my friend are sitting in the kitchen and there was a cup on uh, our island in the kitchen. And then we're sitting there, we're actually talking about spirits and stuff. And all of a sudden the cup moves, like it just moves maybe four inches across the island. And we're just sitting there staring at it. Like, did you actually see that happen? And We did, of course, and we all ran out of the house. It was just too crazy. It would always be little things like that that would happen to me and my friends and my sister. And we would tell our parents all the time, like, this is happening, or we hear this, or we think we saw this. And they would try to tell us, you know, don't believe that. Don't try to buy into spirits. You're just being paranoid. You watch too many scary movies. It's not even anything like that. Well, Fast forward to, I don't know, maybe I was a senior in high school, um, my friend, she tells us about a Ouija board and she tells us that she's played with it before and that it works and that we should go get one. So we went to one of those shops in the mall that sells like board games and stuff and we got Ouija board. And I never use one. I never, I've never even like seen anyone use one or even knew how to use one. And she kind of told us like the rules. So I don't know if anybody really knows uh, what the rules of the Ouija board are. But apparently, it's like you can't take your fingers off of it once it's once it's on. Um, you have to like call the spirit a certain way. Like you have to do like a certain chant. I don't remember what it was, but you have that's how you have to start it off. And then you can't take your fingers off of the um, Board until you say goodbye, and then the spirit or the Ouija board says bye back to you. So she taught us that, and we did it. At first, it wasn't working at all, and then all of a sudden, it would move. And you know, every whenever that happens, everyone gets scared, and everyone's just like, Oh my god, did you did you move it? And of course, everyone says no, but the feeling of it moving is just like it's just dragging your fingers along. And you can tell that no one is pushing it just because everyone's fingers are on it so lightly. Um, it, is just, it would be impossible for somebody to push it just because you can actually see our our hands like hovering over uh, the board. It's not even really on anything. So it's just dragging us along and spelling everything out. And we would ask it normal questions that teenage girls would ask this thing like who am I going to marry or what's my next boyfriend going to be like or something like that or a question so that they could see and so we could see it was legit like I don't know what color is my underwear (laughs) something like that and it would always answer it correctly um I remember we would get into Details of the spirit, like asking it, oh, so what's your name, and what year did you pass away, and are you a boy or a girl, and just little things like that. And it would always answer. It would always be fine. I remember one day, I had a whole bunch of my friends over, maybe like five or six, and we decided to play the Ouija board. It was going, you know, just like normal how we always play it, and then we decided to ask. Um, how did you die? And I don't think that it liked that question. Um, I think this was like a really angry spirit because it ended up saying really bad things to us, and then at the end it just kept circling over the letters F U. And it just kept going over S U, S U, F U. And you know, you can't take your fingers off until. It says goodbye, and it would just not say bye at all. And we were so freaked out because we are just like, we're sorry. We didn't mean to say that. We didn't mean to ask you that. We didn't mean to offend you or anything. And they would just keep saying F you. And then eventually it went straight to bye. And I think that the next few times that we played that, we were trying to be very careful. But we would get mean spirits after that. Like all the spirits that we talked to would always say something form of SU or you know like none of your business or go away or something like that so eventually we just decided to stop playing it um, and then give the board away but we, we should have listened to everybody because um, so we played it in this house and at the time my grandma she was living with us um, my grandma she had a stroke so she you know, she can't really speak, like you can't really understand her. But I remember she would always tell us, stop playing with this board. Stop playing with this board in this house. You're bringing in really bad spirits. And no one would really believe her because they're just like, okay, well, maybe she's just, you know, crazy or something. Um, But she, (laughs) my grandma is actually a whole nother story too. Um, She would always tell us that she has spirits sitting next her in this house and one is a good spirit and one is the bad spirit and the bad spirit is telling us to stop playing with this thing and i don't know like after that it just felt like all of the bad vibes were in this house like you always feel something very uncomfortable you would it would always be a little creepy to be at the house by yourself so we stop playing with the board and we would give the board over to like we would pass it on to our other friends like ones who would want to play it and some of them would tell us like oh it didn't work in our house we're going to give it to someone else but for some reason every single time somebody new got the board something bad would happen it wouldn't be anything bad like oh we got into a bad accident or something but something little like it was always bad luck and every time Like, we would keep it in someone's car. We would keep it in someone's house. It would always be that. So eventually, I know one of my friends, she took it to, um, she used to work at a community college. She took it to the school with her because they were going to play it there. And I guess she brought it in there. And I guess she got in trouble because everybody was like, we don't want that in there. Like, it's just, it's not good. Uh, It's just bringing bad spirits in here. So she had to throw it away. And we never saw it again after that. But it kind of just broke that little cycle of everyone passing it around and getting bad luck from it. Because I think it was just that last year that we talked to just brought in everything bad in the house. So that was the last time that we played with it. But um, the house, things in the house started getting a little bit worse. Um, I remember like I would be in my room and I would hear and I'd be the only one up. But I would hear talking in the living room. Like, I would hear voices, like a bunch of people talking. And I would ask my sister, do you hear that? And she would tell me, yeah, I do hear it. And I would ask, tell them, and I was like, is it the neighbors? What's going on? But we hear it specifically from the living room. And that's where we would play the Ouija board the majority of the time. Sometimes we would play in my room, but then the time it would be in the living room. So I would be hearing voices from the living room. And every time I would go out there, there would be nobody. When I would be in my room, I would hear scratching in my closet, and we thought that maybe it was bugs, maybe it was mice or something like that. But where we live, there's—I mean, I live in Arizona. It's like 110 degrees. There's not really any mice that I really see here. I mean, I live—you know—in the city. I. Don't even, I don't remember the last time I've seen a mouse, so I was like, it can't be any mice, and it would always be scratching in my closet, and it would be so bad that I would, wouldn't sleep in my room. I would go sleep in my sister's room or something, and I would bring a friend over, and we'd be sitting in my room, and we would hear the scratching in the wall again, and it was just so terrifying, like, all these little things that would happen to us, and every time, like I said, we would tell my parents, they wouldn't believe us, or they would tell us to ignore it, and, um, I also remember this one time I was talking to my cousin on FaceTime because her parents were at my house. Uh, they were visiting from Boston. And uh, I was showing her, giving her a tour of our house. Um, everybody was in the backyard except me. And then she says to me, um, oh, that you said everybody was in the backyard. I was like, what are you talking about? And she says, isn't that your mom behind you? And I turned around, there's nobody there. And of course, she's like, no, your mom was standing, like, right behind you when you were in her room. I was so scared. I went outside of the house. Wow. like, there's literally nobody in this house with me. It was, it, it kind of even needed chills right now thinking about it because I didn't see it in the FaceTime, uh, but she saw it. So that was kind of crazy. Um, eventually, my dad, he kind of got, he got a little sick with something. We're not sure what it was, but, and, and yeah, we're not sure what it was or how to get rid of it, but he was just getting really sick and really skinny. And, you know, he would just sit in his chair all day because he really couldn't do anything. And I don't remember who told us this. I think it was my other grandma. So the grandma who lived with us was my grandma from my dad's side, my dad's mom. And then the one who visited us, um, she is from, she was my mom's grandma, or my mom's mom. So she told us, there is a spirit in your house. or there's many spirits in your house. Um, There is one that sits right behind your dad's chair, like where it's positioned. There's a spirit that sits right there all the time. And that is what is making your dad sick. And I wasn't too surprised to hear that because I would think like every time I would walk into the house and I would feel something creepy, I would always look in at that corner just because that corner, for some reason, it was just such a little creepy corner of the living room. And when you look at the house, when you look at the living room, like it's not that it's Creepy in general, or anything like that. It's a big open living room. There's a huge, you know, TV entertainment system, everything completely normal. But when you're looking at that corner, like you can just get a bad, bad vibe from it. So she told us there's a spirit in that corner. It is a girl. Um, she's not happy. We don't know what's wrong with her, but she's the reason why he's sick, and we need to get rid of the spirit. So one of the things that my mom actually told uh, me was that one day she got all of her friends um, over to the house and she invited some monks over to the house and worked over Buddhists and um, she brought the monks over to the house to bless the entire house to get rid of these spirits and specifically that spirit. Um, I didn't, I didn't even remember any of this happening when she told me about it. I was like, where was I? When did this happen? Like, I don't recall any of this going on. And she was like, yeah, I don't think I told you guys. You guys were, weren't. You probably weren't even here. Maybe it was like over the summer or something. And um, they came and did a whole blessing with all of us here. Like, you had to have a whole bunch of people here and friends and family and offerings and things like that. And So we kind of made an event out of it. And after that, um, the house the inside of the house was blessed but not everything was completely gone for the most part that spirit actually went away the one by my dad's chair um, that one went away and actually my dad got better after that and it was one of those things that it was almost like a miracle because you don't know what made him better or what medicine like if you ask people now they will tell people like Oh, I changed my diet. I stopped eating this and that. And it's just like, okay, your diet doesn't really cure you, but okay, we'll take that. But really, I believe it was um, a spirit that we got rid of that was right there. And so nothing was was gone um, completely because my mom later told me that there were also spirits outside of the house. And we had a backyard that had like one huge tree there. And we used to have a whole bunch of grass. Um, My mom told me that she, because I remember we did cut down this huge tree so we can make room for a pool. Well, my mom was told later that that tree that she cut down was housing a whole bunch of spirits in it. And they weren't even bad spirits, they were, some were kind of bad, some were good. It was just a whole bunch of different spirits on there, and she cut it down. So now they don't know where to go. So now the spirit, these spirits are roaming the backyard. They're roaming our house. They're just stuck in this area. And when she told me that, I thought it was so crazy. And I was just like, "You've literally never told me any of this before. I've never heard any of these stories before. Like, this sounds like something that is told in a movie or something like that. (laughs) I, I don't believe it." and she's like no that's what the mom told us that's what uh, my mom told me that's what she felt that's what she saw and she said eventually like we would she would get the house continuously blessed by monks all the time I don't remember any of this so maybe it was over the summer a lot um it's because I was always gone over the summer and also of course I'm in school so I would never see any of this but she said you know we would always get it blessed by monks And there was, there's a specific birdhouse in our backyard. And it's just like a big empty birdhouse. It's like birds don't even come to it anymore just because it's so old and there's nothing there. Um, She told me that she had to put an offering there for a spirit that was just kind of bugging the house, really. He was like an old man spirit. He was not happy because we cut down the tree. He was like the only one left and he just wouldn't leave we like he would come into the house and kind of like creep everyone out like there wasn't any there wasn't anything that he would really do it's just you know when you feel a presence there you know it's there and you know it just doesn't feel good so he would be in the house he would be in the backyard it was just this bad man spirit and my grandma told my mom that that birdhouse is now his house though and he wants Food, he wants cigarettes because he used to smoke. And so my mom got him like a whole pack of cigarettes, a sandwich, maybe, and then like a shot of liquor or something. And I don't know, she just kept doing it for a little bit. And she was praying, like she would always put it out and then she would always pray. And then she told me that one day she was outside, she finally did it, she prayed. And then all of a sudden she gets this big gust of wind. And here in the summer, there's, I mean, it's no, there's no wind. It's just heat. And she's like, I don't know where that wind came from or what what happened, what it was. And she was like, but all of a sudden I felt better. She was like, after that I never felt that spirit ever again. And I was like, that's so crazy. Why did you ever tell us this? And she's like, well, I don't want to scare you or anything like that, but that's what happened. Like that's what made this last spirit. Go away, and I just thought that that was so like that was so crazy of her to do that by herself and not tell any of us or not tell any of us this stuff was happening while we're over here freaking out about all these little things happening to us and she just doesn't tell us anything but that was the last um, time that she felt the spirit and that she told us there was a spirit in the house ever since then um, we hadn't felt anything and everything actually got better. Like when I stopped at the house, I don't feel creeped out or anything like that. If I do, it's probably because I don't know, I watch too many scary movies and I'm paranoid, but as far as actually feeling any bad vibes, none of that happens. Um, you know, no more no voices, no more scratching, no more things turning on and off. I remember also like I had this little, this little radio, maybe the size of my palm. It's like, it's like a kid's toy and then like you put this little um cd in it kind of and then you press play and it plays like 30 seconds of like a song or something i remember i would i took that into the bathroom with me before i take a shower so i could play it and you know it only plays like 30 seconds so it turns off and then all of a sudden it started playing again and i was like there's still spirits in here like they're messing with me but as far as something bad, I've never felt anything like that. So maybe there there is something that's still there, but nothing that ever bothers us. Um, that was the really re- the only last time something has actually happened to me is when that little radio played on its own. So other than that, you know, that house is completely fine. I guess unless someone says otherwise, but um. To kind of backtrack uh, my grandma that had the spirits that you know she said that she had spirits with her uh I remember before we got rid of everything she was always talking to herself and I kind of thought oh nobody we I don't really talk to her because I you know it's not really a conversation to be had um because just because I don't really understand what she's saying like she's speaking another language and also she's had a stroke, so it was kind of hard to understand. So I didn't really talk to her much. Like it would be little conversations here and there. So I was like, maybe that's why she's talking to herself, you know, just to give herself a little bit of entertainment. But she would be always be talking to herself and, you know, talking to the person next to her or talking to the air next to her. And I remember she finally told me one day that, um, yeah, there are there is a spirit sitting next to me in this house. Like the bad one, she has like really long hair. And she, you know, she's all dressed in white. Um, she's kind of bad. She says bad things, that she's mean. Um, and the other one is really that's sitting next to me is really nice, and she tries to get rid of the bad one. And she is like, but the bad one is really strong. And I think uh, that also contributed to the activity in the house. And that's also the reason why she didn't want us to play um, with the Ouija board. And my grandma, she. I, I didn't see this, but I was told later that my grandma actually got possessed um, at a funeral that we went to. And I didn't, so they didn't tell me until later because obviously they didn't want to scare us when it was at a funeral, but my grandma, she got possessed by one of her spirits and she spoke to my dad And they said that it was in such a clear voice that you knew that she was possessed because, you know, like I said, she had a stroke. You can't understand her, but she spoke in such clear sentences and she kind of told him like, you know, the reason why you are sick is
0: because
2: um, they told her like the reason they told him the reason why you're sick is because you did this in your past life. and you know, you were really bad and you're going to be sick forever. Like you, there's not going to be a way to find a cure for you. Well, and then she, well, and then she, um, kind of put her head down and then she woke up and didn't know anything that had went on. Uh, she didn't even know that she got possessed or anything. Everything went back to normal. Well, now my dad, he's not sick with what he was before, but he is um he is mostly blind now and they don't know why. So that whatever she was possessed with kind of told him that it's gonna be like this for you. This is what, what is gonna happen. Um, you're gonna be sick with something that you can't get rid of. And I guess that's what happened. And um I was like, I can't even imagine that happening. But I was told that story um, not too long after the funeral happened. Um, but my dad going blind—it happened years later after that. So I was kind of creeped out. Like I would always remind my mom, "Do you remember when this happened with Grandma and everything like that?" And she was like, "Yeah, that I know." <laughs> so. That house, that my grandma being in that house, everything happening there, it was all bad spirits. But all of that, I'm glad to say, is finally uh, gone now. Um, let's see what else. Oh, well, okay. So, other things, I know this is not related to that house, but other things like with my family and like spirits, um, we. In our, in our old house in California, we lived there with, it was my family and my cousin's family that lived in uh, one big house. And there were spirits in that house too. It's like they're following us or something. Um, in that house, I was maybe five years old there. I grew up there. I moved when I was like seven. And in that house, I remember like one day I walked to the kitchen like late at night and everything in the kitchen, it started shaking. And I thought it was an earthquake or something, you know, we was in California, but I remember my other cousins running down the stairs and everyone screaming too, but none of the adults. And we never talked about it again after that because everything stopped shaking. And I at that moment, as a little kid, I was thinking, well, maybe this is the spirit of our other cousins who passed away maybe a couple of years before that. Well, as teenagers, I talked to my cousins about it that was in a house and they're like, yeah, that did happen. I can't believe you remember that. Like we never talked about it or we don't even talk about it ever because nobody believed that it happened to us. So we don't bring it up. And they're like, I really cannot believe that you remember that because you were the youngest. I was like, yeah. Was like So I wasn't crazy. So that's not a dream that actually happened <laughs> to us. I was like, yeah. Um, it's just in that house, there was a lot of spirits in there too. And my cousin would tell me that she, her older sisters would lock her in a closet, you know, just to be mean. And it was one of those closets that um, it goes really small at the end. Um, And then it kind of turned into a little corner. I don't know what those closets are called. We don't have those here, but it would be one of those little closets. And she told me that she would be one, scared of being locked into the closet just because she was one of the youngest ones and they would kind of torture her in there. But two, she said that whenever she'd be locked in the closet, there would be a little girl spirit in there sitting right next to her and like whispering to her and stuff like that. And she would be so freaked out that she would like, Claw and like scream and tried to get out of the closet and of course her sisters are not going to let her out. But when we all talked about it, they were like, "Yeah, I remember like you freaking out because you were in the closet." But we just thought it was funny because we lost you in there. And she was like, "Yeah, I was freaking out because there was actually somebody sitting next to me in that closet." Wow. And yeah, I was just I. I got chills uh, hearing that story because I was like, I, would, that never happened to me. So thank God. But that house I remember was creepy. Like I felt that, you know, there was always somebody behind me or somebody was getting pushed. I think one of my, my cousins told me that they actually got pushed like down the stairs before um, by one of the spirits and almost broke their arm or something, but it just wasn't that bad. So I just feel like spirits are following me. Spirits are following my family.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, it definitely sounds like it to me. Uh, you know, just this morning I fell down the stairs, but nothing pushed me. <laughs> I, well,
2: hopefully you didn't break anything either.
1: <laughs> no. And I was holding my son too. He's only, he's turned six months yesterday and I had him in the left arm and I lost my footing and I went down the stairs. And the only thing I could think of is to hold him on top of me as I was just going down. It scared the crap out of him though. But <laughs> oh my God.
2: I'm well, I hope, well, glad nothing happened to him.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Because that would have been. Forget
2: about you.
1: Glad nothing happened to him. No, I I agree. (laughs) I agree. I mean, I have a bruised hip and brush burns on my arms and stuff, but he seemed to be okay. So he just scared (laughs) him a little bit. But uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, you had a lot of stuff here happen to you throughout your life. And uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, your grandmother getting possessed at a funeral and stuff is is pretty, it's, to me, it's pretty bizarre. I, I've never heard of somebody getting possessed at a funeral uh, and then, you know, talking the way she talked and things like that. Uh, was your dad healthy before that happened?
2: Yeah, so before that happened my dad even now my dad is completely healthy like in all aspects the only thing would be like a thyroid issue that came and went but he is like 50 i don't know something years old he's like i don't know he's completely healthy so it's just so bizarre to everyone and to the doctors and everything that anything would happen to him um even his eyesight now, they don't even know what type of condition he has to make his eyesight go go bad or just go, actually. So it's just bizarre that something like that would happen. And for the longest time, I just put it on those spirits. Like, I still think that it is the spirits. Um, I really believe in a past life. And the fact that they said, like, you... Uh, did something bad in your past life to make this happen, I really uh, believe it.
1: Okay. So was this like something that there was a haunting going on in the house before the Ouija board?
2: Um, so there were always little things that would happen in the house before the Ouija board. Um, it was just, I don't know, a feeling, but it was never anything that anybody would pay attention just because I don't ever think that it was a big, it was a big deal. Like I would always put it off as, oh, I think we're just being paranoid. But when we brought in the Ouija board, we really noticed a whole bunch of things happening. Um, a lot more spirit activity happening. So I don't think I don't know if the Ouija board actually brought in all the spirits. I think there were maybe spirits there before because my grandma did say that there were spirits in the trees outside. Um, so I think that they were there before, but I think the spirits I and mean, the Ouija board just kind of opened like up a door to more spirits and more bad ones.
1: Yeah. I mean, that that definitely sounds like it. Uh, I mean, if your family is being haunted by these spirits and then the Ouija board kind of opens up a doorway for more to haunt you and these aren't you know, necessarily the the nicest entities, uh, do you guys have any idea as to why this is happening? I mean, who cares about what your faith is and things like that? I mean, there's plenty of people out there with the same kind of faith. So what happened? I mean, do you have any clue as to what started this stuff with your family?
2: I have no clue. I. I just think, I don't know, for some reason, I always just thought, well, maybe ghosts are just following the whole family or something like that. There's spirits. So I don't, I don't actually know if there's anything that happened. Um, Yeah, I don't think so. It's just so weird. I think that there's, I don't know, maybe something happened with like my grandparents, like back way back then, or like other parts of the family, and then just spirits are just you know, kind of around the entire family. But honestly, I feel like I have more stories and like spirit activities and stuff that happened involving my dad's side of the family as opposed to my mom's side of the family. So maybe that could be something too. Maybe something happened on his side of the family that we don't know about that invited all these spirits in. Um, because, I mean, really thinking about it at this moment, I have no stories with my mom's side of the family involving spirits, except my grandma um, on my mom's side telling us that there are spirits in the house. But other than that, there's nothing. And um, from his side, I can tell like 50 million stories about like other people's houses from that side of the family being haunted and stuff like that.
1: So you you said earlier, in fact, I think it was towards the beginning of this interview that a psychic and remind me if I misremember this, but a psychic came up to you guys and told you about, your house and then went to your house with you guys and then wanted it to charge to service the house right <laughs>
2: yeah
1: and, and where um, where were you when when this psychic came up to you again?
2: We were at the mall
1: that's what I thought I, I so, just didn't want to misremember yeah,
2: yeah, we were at the mall and she was with her daughter, I believe, and yeah she just came up to us and just told us like this is all you have a lot of bad stuff happening at your house we, we need to get rid of it and she came to our house, walked around, um, did feel that it was bad and wanted to save it and uh, wanted to charge like maybe $200 or something just to try to get rid of this spirits <laughs> or whatever way that she did. And, you know, we we're just like, yeah, we don't believe you anymore just because, you know, you want the money. You just prayed on somebody. <laughs> but in yeah. hindsight, like maybe she was right.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, maybe
2: not a lot of BS.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but what, what, a, I mean, is that a common thing? Because I, I, for me, I live in the Philadelphia area. If somebody comes up to me and tells me something about my house, I'm not bringing them to my house. Like, I don't trust people like that. Maybe it's a me thing. Maybe I just don't trust people. <laughs> but like, why did she come to your house? I've never even thought
2: about that before. <laughs> I, okay, so I think my aunt who does even my, so, my aunt she does uh, engage in, like in a lot of spirit activity. Like she even now she can see and hear spirits and everything. She I think she did ask us that one time, like why did you bring this lady to your house to do that? That's so crazy, but I think and it was my mom's decision. Like my dad wasn't there or anything. So maybe my mom felt really felt that maybe she is right. There is something and I've been feeling something and that's why she let her come. But I don't, (laughs) I never really thought about that before. Why did we let her come? But she was like, she looks like one of those like old, like, you know, aunt type of ladies or something like that. She's just basically she trusting.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the ones that can project the trusting image that you got to worry about.
2: <laughs> oh my God. You're right. She'll have like a whole gang with her behind her. Like, Oh my God, I got into these people's houses. Come here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't,
2: know. I, I don't think she's ever done that uh, to anyone. I don't know. It just seems like, like she doesn't really do that often. Now when I think about it, because I remember, that day just so specifically like all the time and we never talked about it again after that in fact i think my mom told us to not tell my dad that this happened <laughs> <just> <laughs> because it was something so crazy
1: yeah I well i mean i just i think it's bizarre to, to me it's bizarre i'm like what the heck like i would never <laughs> like i mean i i I talk to a lot of people, and you know through virtual media and over the telephone, you build up a trust with a lot of different people that you talk with, but to bring them to my house does it like for me, it's a whole nother level. Maybe I'm just more protective, but like, there's very few people that I allow to come to my house. That's just, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just don't trust a whole lot of people, I guess. Maybe it's a me problem.
2: Maybe it's the regional thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Maybe, like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you just didn't really think about it. Like, oh, we live in the suburbs. They like, just met on the mall. It can't be, can't be that bad.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, when you, ran into this lady the whole uh the cup moving on the island thing was that before or after you ran to the psychic lady
2: so so okay so actually now i'm putting the timeline together this lady she came up to us like right when we moved to arizona like near the beginning so i moved here when i was seven she probably came up to us maybe i was about eight or nine so we were still fairly new to the area and so that was in the very beginning none of the stuff the little stuff that happened none of that happened until i was a teenager
1: see that lady brought something to your house then that's what it is. <laughs> this is, right. this, she was up to no good <laughs> i'm telling you man
2: uh, she tricked us She told us she wanted to get rid of everything but really she brought it all in <laughs> yeah right and, and i would think like oh maybe somebody died in this house or, and it wasn't that at all like the guy who sold us our house i think he had bought it brand new like it was just built brand new and then he lived there for a few years and he sold it and retired or something like that so it's not like anybody died or i don't think there's any you know the house is built on top of anything like that so i i don't know where those bricks came from you
1: know i think that's pretty clear i mean we you had experiences before the Ouija board. And so, I mean, the common denominator, you can't really even include that because, uh, there was things happening before that, but you know, you said things vamped up after that, which, you know, uh, take it or leave it as it is what it is. But I mean, you said that you heard, I think you said it was a, uh, was it a female voice that you heard talking in the living room?
2: Um, it was a whole bunch of voices that I heard.
1: All at one time.
2: Yeah. It was, it was like a whole bunch of voices like talking to it's not like they were all talking to each other
1: was it in english you no know,
2: yeah you know in the scene in mulan where all the ancestors come out and talk to each other yes that's how i felt like it was it was just a whole bunch of people talking to each other
1: wow okay it,
2: and it wasn't um it wasn't english but it wasn't any like clear talking it was like it was it was as if there was a bunch of whispering like a whole bunch of people whispering to each other.
1: Okay, but it didn't sound like some kind of like foreign language or anything like that. No. Okay, gotcha. I, oh my god, that
2: would I would run out of the house if it was any type of language I understand <laughs> or anything
1: like that. I know. That, I mean, well, that's something that I've been trying to ask people more when I hear these stories because you know you don't know where these entities came from. You know, you don't know if they they were American or if they are. Any kind of person that died, or maybe they're some kind of demonic entity, and maybe they would have their own language, you know? I just don't know. So,
2: right. Yeah. I didn't, I never even thought about that, but, uh, no, it was on English. So, thank God we know it's not a demon.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so one of my questions here is you had a woman, I guess, standing behind you that your friend thought was your mom. Did your friend describe what the woman looked like at all?
2: Yeah. So it was, I was actually on the phone with my cousin. So she knows what my mom looks like. And she was just like, you know, your, your mom, her normal, her normal hair, her hair is down, you know, she's short, shorter than you. So my mom, I'm like five, six, five, seven. My mom's like five, four. So when I'm holding the camera up, she was like, yeah, she was kind of behind you. Like you can see her kind of below your shoulder. And, uh, she was like, yeah, her hair was down, you know, normal brown. I was like, yeah, my own hair is up. She's in the backyard. It's hot here. Like that's not her. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, so crazy. But yeah.
1: Well, okay. So it was a, a FaceTime phone call. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Now, That's pretty creepy, to be honest with you, to have somebody, because I mean, I'm thinking, okay, somebody's there in the room with you. That's what I was, I must have missed the phone call part. But the fact that you were alone in the room and somebody on the other camera says, there's somebody behind you, that's got to be freaky. Holy cow.
2: And, And not only that, but, you know, when you're on FaceTime, you can see yourself. I didn't see anybody behind me or anything like that. And the fact that she saw somebody and I didn't see anybody in the camera just kind of made it even more creepy. And at first, I thought that, um, so in my parents' room, there's this huge window that you can see in the, you can see the backyard through. And I thought, well, maybe she saw them through there and, you know, thought my mom was in a room with me just because she saw her through the window or something. And she was like, no, she was right there in the room with you, like not behind the window, not outside any, right there in the room with you.
1: And that
2: just made
1: it even worse. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my patrons, they get to watch me do these interviews live. And so it'd be like one of them saying, hey, Tony, uh, there's somebody standing behind you.
2: (laughs) That's exactly
1: Yeah, I I don't think I could handle that. I'd probably end the interview, walk out of the house or something. I don't know. (laughs) Now
2: that you mentioned that, somebody is going to play a prank on you and say that.
1: (laughs) They already are. You should see the comment. They already are. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but I just won't believe them until, yeah, knowing my luck, it'll probably actually happen and I won't believe them then.
2: Yeah. Well, that's okay. Just pretend that you don't see anything. You don't hear anything just pretend you don't even see their
1: comments. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about New Orleans. I mean, we talked about your house. We talked about the Ouija board. Uh, I'm not a fan of Ouija boards. I don't like Ouija boards. I definitely think that <laughs> when uh, things vamped up in your house, it does surround the Ouija board. So whether things were happening there or not beforehand, uh, mm-hmm. the thing, a lot of the bad things happened. In fact, you know what? Before we move on to New Orleans, uh, you did mention about when you were dealing with the Ouija board that mm-hmm. that you had you know, things actually happen that, that it said would happen. Uh, like mm-hmm. what kind of things were are we talking about here? Are we talking really bad things or good things? I mean, if, was, it, was it just things like, you know, it was telling you the name of your next boyfriend or what?
2: Yeah. Um, it would, so it would start off with little things like that, telling us what, who your next boyfriend is, that you're going to date a guy that looks like this or something like that. But eventually, like, it would say things, like I told you, it would say, like, F-U, it would say things like, die, and it would just, it would just be, like, bad direct towards us, uh, towards people playing it. And I remember one of them, one of the spirits had, like, a really um, infatuation with one of my friends, and he would try to, like, he would hit on one of my friends through the Ouija board, and it was really weird. Like, he would say, I don't remember like any of the specific things, but he would say like really uncomfortable, like nasty things towards her. And we were just like, is this, are they serious? And I think, I remember when that happened, this was the same day that it said, um, F you to all of us. So I was just like, whatever spirit we were talking to then, it was really, I don't know, really in, just into her and just really perverted and everything. It was just really bad. But as far as, like, things happening to us, um, it didn't really say anything that was going to happen to us. It was just more of whenever somebody had the board in their possession, like, something bad would happen. Like, they would get some bad luck, like, oh, um, I don't know, I had this in my car, and now, I don't know, I got a flat tire or something like that. Because I remember one of my friends would keep it in her trunk the whole time time because she didn't want to bring it in the house and then she also didn't know what to do with it so she would just keep it in her car and something like that happened and she just got a flat tire just just little things like that to where it's not a normal occurrence like you know we don't get flat tires every day i understand that people do but just the fact that she had that in her presence and then that did happen to her car it just kind of it makes you think well maybe that is the board maybe whatever spirit from that board made that happen
1: yeah, I mean, you got some real Jamanji stuff going on there.
2: <laughs> I don't recommend anybody playing with a Ouija board. I've never touched one after that. It's, I should have listened to everybody when they told us not to bring it into the house. So now I will always tell people, do not bring it into your house.
1: Yeah. There's some people a warning is good enough and some people got to experience for themselves. And uh, I think you're the kind that wants to experience it for yourself because uh, I was always told growing up, don't touch Ouija boards. And I was like, good enough for me. I'm not touching it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know like what the Ouija board was at the time. Like I had never been exposed to that. I kind of knew what it was. Like I saw what it was. And I was like, That can't be real. Like, there's nothing real about this. Like, obviously, people are pushing this little thing around, but, I yeah, like you said, I experienced it, and never again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, why don't you uh, talk to us about this New Orleans story that you wanted to share with us?
2: Okay. So, I went to New Orleans about two or three years ago, and I like, I like to go to places that are. I guess haunted. This goes back to the whole you have to experience it for yourself. (laughs) So I like to go to places that I think are haunted. And not to mention New Orleans is just really fun. But one of the biggest reasons why I went there is because we knew about all of the history that it had there and all the hauntings and everything like that. So I went with um four three of my cousins and one of them is the one that I lived with in that house that I told you about the first one with all the shaking and everything. Um, so she was there and we went on this ghost tour and we were all, um, let's say we were just all really drunk then. (laughs) Uh, like honestly we carried a bottle of alcohol with us, like in a water bottle. So we're just like, this is going to be fun. Like we're going to get drunk and, you know, we're not going to get haunted or anything like that. Well, we all believe in ghosts, but one of our cousins that was with us, she's never seen anything. And she's not sure she believes in it just because she's never seen or experienced anything. And we told her, that the person who wants to see it the most will not see it that's what we've always been told if you actually want to see these spirits then you are just you're not going to see it It won't show itself to you and the rest of us we kind of went in there with an open mind like yeah we've experienced this before we might get haunted but this is not exactly what we're looking for we're just looking for a good time so we went on this ghost tour and if you've ever been on a ghost tour in new orleans it is pretty creepy because it does take you around all the historical sites and they do have little creepy stories for each part well there was this one specific I think it was the last stop on our tour and we had to go through this little doorway in a really busy area I don't remember which area it was there was a whole bunch of shopping pauses and then there's just one of those it's like one of those doors that looks like it's just plastered on the wall and you were kind of, just kind of surprised that it even opens so he opened it and we all go in it. I go in first um, out of the whole group because I'm just like, you know, just let's just get this over with. And you go in and it's dark. It's like a little stairway leading up to some room up on the, like the second floor or something. And he tells us like back then this used to be like part of a brothel and, you know, people would just kind of go through this doorway if that's what you were looking for. And so it was kind of a little hidden doorway. And we went through it. Um, we, it was really creepy because it was just all wooden and old and creaky. And for me, I was starting to get paranoid because I, I was looking over my shoulder at every turn and uh, every little corner and everything like that. That's just how creepy it was. So we finally get to this big room. And the room is kind of like a little... It's almost like a little apartment. Um, It has, like, as soon as you go up the stairs, it's almost like you're going into an attic apartment. So you go up the stairs, and straight to your left is, like, this dining room. And in that dining room, I think they just kind of set it up for, you know, tours, and it has, like, two long tables, uh, two long brown tables so everybody can sit down. And then at the front of the room, it has one of those, I don't, one of those, like, cover or one of those cabinets that the glass ones that showcase like all the china and everything like that. So it has one of those and then right next to that is um two bedrooms. One of them has nothing in it. The other room it has like a bathroom in there. And they're all empty. So we all sit down and the tour guide starts telling us oh there's also like a huge uh chandelier at the top. So the tour guide starts telling us a story about how in this room there used to be um this prostitute that lived in here um she eventually got pregnant by this man and it was like a bad like i guess pimp and prostitute situation of course like he was really abusive and he got her pregnant and then when she gave birth to the the kid it came it was a girl and she was like six years old um she found out that that guy wanted to also pimp out her daughter. Well, the story is she eventually um, committed suicide and with her daughter. So I think she, they jumped out of the building. So she had her daughter with her and she jumped out of the, the building. Um, with She jumped out of the room that had the bathroom in it. So he's telling us the story about how every time they do a tour or something like that, the chandelier starts shaking whenever it shakes a little bit, but whenever there is the ghost presence, like it starts shaking a little bit more. And there's like one long piece that hangs out from the chandelier and it just kind of spins a little bit more. So they're talking about that spinning, whatever. And we're just not me and my cousins, we're just having a great time. We're just not even really believing what he's saying. Cause we're like, how could being it, you know, your chandelier is spinning when you're telling us about a ghost story. Well, we're sitting at this table and I sit I'm sitting in the front because we're we have to turn all of our chairs so that they're facing the front of the room so I'm sitting in the front it's one cousin behind me another cousin behind me another cousin behind me the one who really wanted to see all the ghost stuff she was in the very back and so I'm sitting there and behind the four guys you know one of those cabinets one of the doors it opens like it slowly opens and I'm looking at it because it's just right behind him and I noticed that it opens because you know it's all glass so the reflection kind of changes and it shows me like the stairs that were right next to us or something like that so I'm just like did that really open like am I just drunk like am I crazy and I look behind me look at my cousins and their eyes are just wide except the one in the very at the very end who wanted to see everything she saw nothing but the two that were behind me their eyes were just completely wide and i was like did you guys see that and they're like yeah we saw that did you, you saw you saw something i was like yeah did you guys see that door open and they're like yeah we did so we tried and they're like we're talking and then the tour guide's like uh ladies what are you guys talking about and i was like well that door just opened. So I don't know is that is that part of your theatrics? Like, is that has that ever happened? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I don't even know what door you're talking about. I was like, the the cabinet door right behind you is open. And he's like, I've never heard of that happening to anybody. And he was like, That's kind of creepy. And nobody on the tour they really believed us because we were kinda like, you know, the loud ones of the group and everyone's just, like, trying to hear those girls just kind of want attention. So we're just sitting here, like, freaking out because we did see this door open, but we kind of ignore it now just because nobody believes us. So we go to the room with the bathroom in it, and we're taking pictures because we want to see if there's any spirits in there, and they recommend us to take pictures um, just to catch any spirits. I'm taking a whole bunch of pictures. I don't see anything. And honestly, I'm scared to even look at my pictures later because I'm just like, well, if there's something in here, I don't want to see. <laughs> and all my cousins, I feel the same way. So that was our last night. We, uh, we go back, you know, we go out later that night we go to sleep. Well, the next morning we're all sitting around, you know, waiting for our flights and everything like that. And one of my cousins, she's like, I'm going to look through our pictures. So she looks through her phone and she's like, guys, uh, was there someone in the room with us? Like when we were taking this picture? And I was like, of course, there's like a whole tour group in the room with us. And she was like, well, is there anyone that looks like this? Or is there anybody this small? So she shows us the picture and she's about, she's about my height. She's about five, seven. Um, and she shows us this picture that she took. There's like a random table in the corner of the room. And in the corner of her picture, like at the very near the bottom is like a dark, Small dark figure, and it's just completely black, and we don't know what it is. And we're like, maybe it's the back of someone's head, and we kind of try to compare it to one of our cousins that's with us. She's like really short, so maybe it's her. But we're like, no, you're not. You know, the way this is angled and the way the position you would be standing, like you would look way taller in this picture and that's not you. It's like the very bottom of her picture and like maybe it's a thumbprint. So she's trying to like hold her phone to kind of reenact like what she's doing and she's like, no, my camera's not even there. How would my, how would you put a thumbprint up there? And that doesn't make any sense. So at the bottom of her picture, we see a dark, a little dark figure like it was the child and it's just completely black figure right there. And we sent it to each other. We showed other people. They're like, that is definitely something there. Definitely a spirit that is not a person. So if I could find the picture, I will definitely show you. And you will be able to see that, yes, it is a dark spirit right there. It was so creepy. Like, I try not, I probably went to the picture maybe two times. I try not to look at anymore just because I know that it freaked me out. Just to think about it. Because there was nobody, nobody of that size in our tour group that could possibly
1: be right there in the picture. Yeah. That's definitely freaky. I mean, we've been on ghost shows and, or not ghost shows, uh, ghost tours and stuff like that. Uh, before we actually went to the Winchester mansion and different things like that. I mean, even Eastern state penitentiary in Philadelphia, which is really known for, you know, being haunted. Uh, but Mm -hmm. I, I, and we've taken tons of pictures and I've never seen anything in the pictures. Uh, you know, but hey, of course it would happen to you. You have all this other stuff happening to you as well. So why not, right? Adds more to the list. Yeah.
2: It's just like one of those things that like when you look at it, you can just tell that it's not even a person or anything. Like it's like, it's just like a dark shadow. It's, it's as if somebody is wearing like a black blanket or something. You know how like when you're watching a movie and it shows like the little, the little ghost shape, like the little Casper shape. It's like somebody wearing a blanket. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Somebody wearing a black blanket standing at the bottom of your picture. And so that's why it's just so creepy because it's no actual like true person form. It's just a dark figure, dark shadow right there.
1: Jeez. Well, that's uh, just another story from New Orleans that I've heard. I mean, that that city is (laughs) is bananas. I think actually uh, uh, I had two people on. Yeah, they were from New Orleans. this couple came on and they talked about being abducted and uh, it all happened in New Orleans. New Orleans is filled with this kind of stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff.
2: I believe that story you know, 100% because, yeah, there's so many crazy things that happen there. And plus, you know, all the voodoo and everything, all the stuff that I would be interested to see (laughs) it happen. Yeah. So I I believe it. Um, Have you ever been to, like, Salem or
1: anything like that? No, I've never been to Salem. I mean, I could drive up there sometime when I have time, but I've never been there. Uh, My friend who was on the show, uh, I don't know, earlier this year, probably about six months ago, he has been there. He lives in Massachusetts and stuff. And it's just, it's a crazy area for sure. Yeah. I've
2: been to Salem before too. And I have to say New Orleans is way scarier than Salem.
1: Really? Yeah,
2: it's, like, way more creepy. Like, every corner that you walk in New Orleans is just, you know, you just feel something there. In Salem, it is creepy because of all the stories, but I didn't, like, I wasn't, like, scared, scared. I think in Salem, like, I saw one mannequin that was sitting in a store. That kind of freaked me out. Like, I thought that this mannequin was, like, watching me. Well, that could just be me being paranoid, but that was really the only thing that scared me in <laughs> Salem though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh maybe one of these days I'll make it up to Salem and stuff. And even New Orleans, I have a couple of friends that live down there, so you never know what time ta- you you need
2: to go to New Orleans and get all the stories from there. You just you should just go on a like a interview tour there
1: yeah I really, get all these I really could i mean i could go go down there and just kind of walk around and interview people for a couple of weeks and have about a year's worth of sh- a year's worth of shows you know
2: yeah honestly because everybody like who lived there people that we've encountered they will tell us like yeah this type of thing happens all the time
1: yeah no i, I absolutely believe it and stuff uh Well, Molly, I really appreciate coming on and sharing these stories and stuff. It's very fascinating. If you do find that picture, do send it over to me because I would love to see it.
2: Okay, I'll look for it.
1: All right. Well, you take care, okay?
2: Okay, thank you. Bye.
1: Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, there are three things you can do to help support the show. One, go to iTunes and leave a five star rating and review. Two, go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and sign up to become a patron. There's a lot of great rewards with that. Go ahead and check that out. And three, whatever you're listening to the show on right now, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, highlight the link that you're listening to right now and share it around social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it doesn't matter where, but go ahead and share it around. And that definitely helps. To show out a great deal as well. And until next week, friends, stay safe and take care. And remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye.